Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And welcome to Jewish Board Talk. I'm Sharice Zaffert and I look forward to being in your company the next hour as we look at what is happening in our community both here and abroad. Morris Isaacson was a Jewish businessman, trade unionist and philanthropist. He's best known today through the famous Morris Isaacson School in Soweto, which was established through his financial assistance and named after him. My guest today, Paul Truella, his mother was a close friend of the Isaacson family and Morris left a bequest for Paul's education. Paul, who is a journalist and author, has since written on the life of Isaacson, and he joins me later to tell me more. Continuing with the theme of the Morris Isaacson School, my guest after that, Sarah Hallett, is the director of the Morris Isaacson Center of Music. The center itself was established at the behest of another famed Jewish philanthropist, the late Mendel Kaplan. On the 20th of March, the music school will be hosting a recital at the Linda Auditorium by the internationally recognized and award-winning violinist, Shi Feng Chen. Sarah will tell me more about it. Then, my last guest today is James Ball, the creator and founder of the Heritage Portal, an online platform that promotes the cause of heritage conservation on a national level. James has been awarded a Certificate of Merit for this portal for the incredible work that he does to raise public awareness of South Africa's rich heritage and history. Morris Isaacson School has long been synonymous with the famed Soweto Uprising of 1976, a decisive moment in the liberation struggle in South Africa. In fact, June 16 is now celebrated as Youth Day in this country as we remember those children who marched against unjust laws. But who was Morris Isaacson and what role did he play in South Africa's history? Paul Truella is a journalist and former anti-apartheid activist. He was one of those South Africans who were able to complete their studies through the generosity of Morris Isaacson. In 2011, he wrote a memoir of Isaacson and his wife Mavis, and recently he facilitated a visit to the school by Kevin Isaacson, a grandson of Morris. He joins me now to tell me more. Um, Paul, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sherry. I'm so pleased to be with you. Um, Paul, Morris Isaacson was born around 1879 in Lithuania. He left the country for a better life for South Africa when he was still a teenager and found himself in Johannesburg within 10 years of the beginning of the city. Can you tell me his story? Yes. Uh, um, as you say, uh, he grew up in, uh, in a village um, near the event capital of, of Lithuania, Kovna, now Kaunas, and uh, when he arrived in South Africa, he, he moved pretty quickly from Cape Town up to Johannesburg and, 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 and to the uh, Gauteng area, where for a, period, a short period he was a smoke, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 selling things as, as far as possible. Uh, and then uh, he developed into a, sh- a shop assistant and went on to selling insurance and later established himself in business. Um, but then uh, the war broke out, the war of 1899 to 1902 between uh, the British state and the two Boer republics, uh, Transvaal and Orange Free State. And Morris uh, Isaacson moved to Cape Town for that time, but um, after the defeat of the Boer republics, he moved back to uh, uh, Johannesburg. And what's very interesting at this time is that he became very active um, in, 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 in labor politics. But there was great discontent 
in the years before the First World War. And what was formed was the South African Labour Party, a party of white workers and their supporters. And Morris Isaacson took a leading part in Labour politics in Johannesburg. Uh, some of his friends said he was a born socialist. <laughs> and he took a prominent part in a very fierce strike of white mine workers in 1913, called by the Transvaal Federation of Trades, when at least 20 people were killed. And he was a member of the Labour Party's administrative council uh, when the uh, huge strike of the white mine workers took place on the Rond, as it was then called in 1922. And uh, uh, in 1924, he, together with uh, 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 Gabriel Weinstock and Morris Kentridge and a, a, a certain man called Jenkins, they formed the Labour Party weekly called Forward. But at that time, uh, 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 Morris Eisenstein's orientation changed and the big question for him became what was to be uh, how, how to help the huge number of Jewish children in, in the western part of the, of the former Russian Empire uh, in, in Ukraine and in uh, uh, other parts of, 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 of what later became the Soviet Union who had, whose parents had been killed in pogroms. There had been ferocious pogroms. Uh, and, and, and thousands of people had been killed, leading to a huge number of orphans. And um, a man called Ochberg uh, went uh, to uh, Ukraine, and he looked for children who had lost both parents. And uh, I think something like 200 of, uh, 200 of these uh, children were brought to Cape Town, and later came, and then 88 were able uh, to, to come up to Johannesburg. And Morris Isaacson, uh, by this time, uh, he'd become president of the Jewish Guild. He was a treasurer of the Jewish War Memorial Fund. He was treasurer and vice president of the Jewish Relief and Reconstruction Fund. And in 1921, he became a member of the advisory board of the South African Jewish Orphanage in Johannesburg. And in 1924, he became its chairman. And uh, so he played a tremendous role in creating a place of safety for these terribly uh, dis disadvantaged and desolate children. And um, uh, he, he, he played a major role in finding new premises for the orphanage. And um, what he helped to find and to arrange for was for um, the buying of a, 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 a magnificent uh, estate and magnificent house um, in, in, uh, in, in Park Town, uh, which had belonged to one of the mining magnates, Sir Lionel Phillips, who had been who had joined um, uh, Alfred Bright in the development of the diamond mining in Kimberley. And uh, this house... Uh, the basis of which still survives at 22 Oxford Road uh, in, in Johannesburg. Uh, um, it, it had been designed by one of the top uh, international architects of that time, Sir Herbert Baker, who also designed the Union Buildings, St. John's College in Joburg, and Grutuskir in Cape Town. And this um, building became the premises for these children. And I've got a piece of writing here uh, uh, from a, a, a book which is full of information about this, which was 
uh, edited and put together by somebody who had been an orphan who grew up there. That was uh, David Solisander, and the book is called uh, Ark, 100 Years of Memories, Arcadia, South Africa's Jewish Orphanage, uh, 1906 to 2006, when it was finally sold. And there were a number of photographs of the places there. But the piece of writing which really comes to me was written by a woman called Bertha Cronenberg. That's her married name. And she writes about this 25-acre estate, saying, My childhood memories are colored with vast grounds, elegantly curved walkways cooled in the summer heat by vines of grapes crossing beams overhead. overhead. Uh, and she says that it was Arcadia was situated on 25 acres overlooking the Great Valley where one could stand on the rocky copy and gaze at the distant Petrarchus Round. Uh, and, and this was where uh, Morris Isaacson, together with the woman who became his wife, who was younger than him, um, Mavis Myers, uh, as, as, uh, 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 she uh, uh, was working there in the orphanage and uh, they married um, in uh, uh, 1924 and uh, helped to develop the uh, Arcadia but later in 1926 they uh, decided to go and set up their own uh, 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 hotel at Warmbath's Warm Hotel so after having made this uh, major contribution to uh, uh, terribly uh, disadvantaged Jewish children, what then happened um, is, is that uh, after World War II, um, what then happened is that he was approached in the 1950s uh, by the head teacher uh, in in in. Uh, uh, Suetu of Mosleding Secondary School, a man called Derek Kobe, who's a very serious, determined, high-principled teacher. And um, Derek Kobe was looking to try to get funding to develop the school into uh, a, a far more adequate school than it was. It did not have anything like adequate premises. And Morris Isaacson agreed to fund it. And so he funded uh, six classrooms and a laboratory. And this then uh, finally, after being built, became Morris Isaacson High School in 1961. By that time, Morris Isaacson had died. Um, and I was very fortunate that uh, through his kindness towards my mother uh, in particular, uh, whose father died when she was 16, uh, he provided funds for my education, and I followed in the footsteps of um, his son, Jeffrey, uh, his, 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 his and Mavis' son, Jeffrey, in fact, uh, their stepson. Um, and I was sent to the same schools that um, Jeffrey had been sent to 10 years after Jeffrey. What then happened is that um, at, 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 at Morris Isaacson High School in Jubavu, um, Derek Kobe established very good, high quality and uh, uh, teaching standards with very strong discipline as well uh, and, and, and creating uh, very capable students. By the time of um, when, when the, the National Party government made a decision in the 1970s that they were going to uh, forcibly uh, uh, change the teaching in uh, uh, black secondary schools 
from uh, primarily English to uh, Afrikaans as the main language of teaching in subjects such as physics and so on, this provoked a huge uh, spirit of rebellion among the students, which was guided very largely by the black consciousness philosophy uh, in which uh, Steve Biko was the principal exponent. So there, there was a political background of some kind. But in June 16, uh, uh, 1976, students at Morris Isaacson High School who had already joined the South African Students Movement uh, and the South African Students Organization became the second school to come out in that march and uh, took a very active part. And a number of them had, had, had went into political careers. Among them, my friend uh, Omri Mahwale, who joined the ANC and was brought out of South Africa uh, to join Mkwantwe Israel. Unfortunately, we have to keep it in the time. And I just wonder, in the last remaining minute, if you could talk about um, Paul's... Um Morris Isaacson's grandson, Kevin, visiting the school, kind of completing a circle for him. Yes. Uh, uh, well, his father, Jeffrey, who had supervised the building of the school after his father's death, um, uh, uh, Jeffrey had returned to the school in 1996, and he says he got an extremely emotional reception from the students. Uh, but uh, and Jeffrey died a couple of years ago in Tel Aviv in Israel, and Kevin, who had grown up in Israel, uh, uh, um, with his wife came to visit and was very warmly welcomed at the school by the current head teacher Mr. Stephen Kanyula um, and, and, and staff and so a very strong connection has continued uh, between the Isaacson family uh, and, and, and the school and um, the a very strong pro-education atmosphere is present in the school, assisted by the alumni, especially those from 1976. Hmm. And um, a very uh, a remarkable ethos exists. The conditions, as I understand it, at the school are the same difficulties mm. as uh, in many and many other schools in Suwita, including drug taking, etc., etc., etc. But there is, uh, but the ethos of good quality education, high moral principle, and high expectations are, are still present. One of the people who, who, who uh, visited the school is a, a veteran of that period in the 1970s who is living in the United States, has uh, been living in the United States for a long time, Mr. Kuna Matima, who is a chemist who has got patents for his own inventions in the United States, and he came a couple of years ago to speak to the pupils at the school to provide them with excellent example for uh, uh, serious attention to study and, and uh, how, to, how to look after their own lives in, in, in a good quality way. Paul, thank you so that. much. Paul, I'm afraid we have to leave it there, um, but thank you so much for joining me. Um, just very, very, very quickly, um, did you ever meet um, Morris and Mavis Isaacson? I, I, I did when I was very young. Mavis, unfortunately, died in 1949 when I was small, and Morris died uh, some years later. I, did, I don't have a very clear memory of them, as it happens, but I played with their son, Jeffrey, who was 10 years old. I've got memories of playing with Jeffrey, and I was able to link up again with him by email uh, while he was living in, in Tel Aviv before his death a couple of years ago, and we had uh, regular correspondence, and Jeffrey was very helpful in uh, giving me advice for the memoir of Morris Isaacson, which I wrote uh, for the alumni of the Morris Isaacson High School, 
which has in turn been passed onto the school. And in the school now, there are photographs of Morris Isaacson and Mavis Isaacson, and the connection is very strong. It is a wonderful, uh, ongoing, living connection between the Jewish experience and black experience in South Africa in the best of its development. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining me and for uh, teaching us all about the very important history. And I think you, you leave it on a beautiful note. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Sharif. It's a pleasure.